Blondes with glasses, they can't sing. Blondes with glasses, let's do this podcast thing. Hey, Shannon. Hey, Becca. (laughs) Oh, my God. So this is crazy that we literally were staying in the same house yesterday, and yet we're recording over Skype. <laughs> yeah, very odd. Uh, <laughs> but I, my brain was not functioning yesterday. I could tell. the day you before. Were, what day really, is it? <laughs> it wasn't yesterday, was it? It, it might have been. I left oh you yesterday. <laughs> okay. I, I came Sunday night, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, the thing was, you were, you were on the tail end of a very long and trying field trip, road yes. trip. And I completely understand. <laughs> I completely understand you not being able to put uh, any thoughts together. Yeah, but yeah, did you want to tell the listeners about what you did this weekend, or yeah, are you like, over it? <laughs> I can't. Well, I can't tell if I was talking about this with Julie today. It's like we both want to rant about this festival, but every mm-hmm. time we've sort of tried to do it, it just feels like we're just like listing like areas of improvement or like how this festival really let us down or how poorly organized it was and it's like is this like amusing to people <laughs> like are, well, are are people interested in this because it was an incredibly frustrating experience but I can't tell if that translates well to a story form as somebody who sat through dinner with you and listened to the long form, I will say it is very interesting and upsetting. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's no payoff like that you would when you tell a good story where you're like, right. and then this happened. Okay. Like, it, it was just like a very long, sad <laughs> story. And that was literally, I just scratched the surface of that. Like, oh that God. was barely anything. So I think I'll instead go with my takeaways and what I learned, and okay. how much respect, renewed respect, I have for professional dancers. Okay, because and... give give the listeners okay. a little bit of context. You were so, at a dance right. festival. So Julie was dancing as she's a solo artist and a choreographer who mm-hmm. was in this dance Southern Vermont Dance Festival in Brattleboro, Vermont, which yep. is the, the town south of where my grandparents lived. And so we went and we stayed at my grandparents' house and I volunteered so that I would get a free pass to the festival and it was just poorly run and Not worth it. just it was just like they didn't pay the dancers they didn't even pay the dancers in festival passes like I was paid in and mm-hmm. and it was just like every hour there was something that happened where you're like oh and you rolled your eyes you know <laughs> and so but these dancers that were there, these choreographers that were there, it was just like, yeah, you know, that that is ridiculous, you know. But anyway, I'm going to go dance, like, in a park now, you know. Uh-huh. Like, oh, okay, like, linoleum is the floor and it's cement underneath. Like, yeah, I, I can do that. You know, it's not ideal, but okay. <laughs> you know, like, every little thing where it was like, I would never stand for such a thing. How dare you? You know, I'm, I was constantly, like, so righteous on their behalf. And they were like, yeah, it does suck. But, you know, I agreed to this. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm here. And it was, and they, and they were like, I'm, I'll modify it a little bit. I'll, I'll, you know, improvise a little bit to, to, to fit this, the setting and, or to fit the lack of management. You know, I'll just roll with it. And it was so impressive to me. And I just realized that I don't have that ability <laughs> <laughs> I cannot hide my disdain for something. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I want people to know that they're being disrespectful to other people, you know, and, yeah. and I, and these dancers, that's their like whole career is putting up with other people's bullshit and being treated unfairly at 90% of these companies and these festivals and stuff where it's just sort of like, oh, you're an artist, like, you get it, we're all poor, you know, we can't pay you this year, but, you know, it's like, the exposure, and the networking, you know, and it's just, it's like that with so many art forms, you know, where it's like, oh, you know, like, draw me this picture for free, because, like, it'll be, like, good exposure and stuff, and it's just like, you you can't keep devaluing people's art like that, and Mm -hmm. there was a really fascinating panel discussion about how arts and, like, the creative economy and how, like, art is infrastructure and it should be viewed as infrastructure and should be like you know it should be not like subsidized necessarily but subsidized you know like it should be like that art is integral to a society to a functioning healthy Mm -hmm. economy to a thriving city and if you ignore that and if you don't 
help fund it. And if you don't foster it, then your city, your community is dying, likely, you know. And so it, it is really fascinating. And it was just it was just so frustrating because they had so many great pieces to it there. They had really talented dancers and choreographers. They had really cool spaces that they were dancing in, like the Latches Theater, this really historic theater uh, in Brattleboro. And, and they had like the the guy who was running for governor of Vermont. He was on that panel discussion. And so like, they had so many of these like big things going for them. And then every small thing along the way, they somehow screwed up. Every single small thing, like down to down to the point where they had like set out food, but they didn't have anything to serve it with, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, it would just be like, oh, you forgot spoons. Like it was just ne- like never one thing that just went off without a hitch, mm-hmm. you know, and then, yeah, so it was just I gained a lot of respect for dancers and I gained a lot of respect for people who are detail oriented <laughs> and organized <laughs> and also willing to admit when they've screwed up and say sorry and, mm-hmm. you know, and like make a commitment to never do it again Mm. you know well I'm glad you had a growing experience (laughs) and I'm glad that you got to stop and have dinner with us on your way home yeah I'm so glad because I would have crashed my car by falling asleep on the highway (laughs) so (laughs) it's very nice to be able to stop at your house well, also the big news when you were in Vermont was you somehow managed to tear yourself away from this festival <laughs> to see Ghostbusters. We literally felt guilty almost the entire time sneaking away from this festival because I was supposed to be volunteering or whatever. But we were like, mm-hmm. you know, we're supposed to take this Bollywood dancing class at 145. Just so <laughs> happens at the Latches, they're showing Ghostbusters at 145. What oh, if, you know, God. we just went and saw this movie instead? And it was such a good decision. That mm-hmm. movie is fantastic it's just such a fun summer movie yeah. it's just so it's exactly, entertaining it, it was like exactly, exactly what it needed to be you know mm-hmm. like I'm not gonna say that it's Citizen Kane or whatever and it's like yeah. the greatest movie ever made but it is a really solid quite funny exciting entertaining movie mm-hmm. with four of the most talented comedians of our time Mm-hmm. Just every one of them, like, was stealing the show left and right. Yeah. It was just fantastic. I thought that it balanced very well the past, the, the movie, mm-hmm. first movies, you know, of the past, with, you know, bringing in new people and new, you know, just updating it for a yeah. newer crowd. Like, I, I have seen Ghostbusters 1 once. I have Same. seen a part of Ghostbusters 2 on TV once. And... We were talking about this at dinner today with my family, and my dad and I, I'm clearly related to my dad. Like, I say this all the time because we have very similar opinions on certain things. Uh And we both were at dinner. On the other side of the table, Kyle and my stepmom, Laura, were both like, you don't like Ghostbusters? And we were both like, nope, we don't like Ghostbusters. (laughs) It's true, though. Like, I watched that quite recently, a couple months ago, when Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I should probably see the first one for reference, you know? Yeah. (laughs) uh, Because I'm really excited about this upcoming Ghostbusters, but I don't have much of a frame of reference. Although Mm -hmm. it's such a cultural, like, so many things in that movie you just know. You know, You know, without seeing the movie. And, like, that, like, you kind of don't need to see that, that, (laughs) that original movie because, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think about, like, my favorite bits of that movie and, like, Mm -hmm. what really made me laugh. And... I can't, like, I'm struggling so hard, like, I almost feel like, I guess I have to watch that one again, because it made no impact on me whatsoever. It made no impression on me. I feel very similarly, because it was not something I grew up with, and, like, I understand if it's one of those movies that you go back to again and again, like, Mm -hmm. we were talking, we said, if you're looking for a Bill Murray movie that you could sit down, and it's on TV, and you say, we're watching this now. Yeah. Like, for my family, that movie is Groundhog Day. Same. Which is the same writer as Ghostbusters and everything, like, and, and Bill Murray's in both of them, but for some reason, like... Groundhog Day clicks for us way better Mm -hmm. than Ghostbusters ever did. And so when they announced this movie was coming out, I was like, okay, still hadn't seen the first one at that point. I didn't see the first one until Christmas this year. Mm -hmm. It was on TV. And so so when I went into the theater, I I was definitely not the diehard fan, you know, that's waiting for them to ruin my childhood or anything. Like, I was just there to enjoy, you know, people that I have seen on screen before that I love Mm -hmm. to see 
and to, to like just laugh like I really wanted to laugh because I was very emotional when I saw Finding Dory recently <laughs> <laughs> and I needed a movie where I could just like enjoy it and yeah. I did I, I really really enjoyed it and I left that movie just feeling like it had it was it felt like the first movie I had seen in my entire lifetime where there wasn't a romantic subplot mm. or like any tropes about just women being shoehorned into it like yeah. the dumb blonde or the bimbo or yeah. like the girl that can't get a guy or like <laughs> there was none of that and it was just like so refreshing to just yeah. see four humans yes that were just doing their job because they love their job right. and it was just so fun i loved it yeah like it, it made me like ghostbusters like i was like i didn't really get you know like people's mm. excitement over that original movie and now i walked out and i was like oh my god it's awesome like i get yeah. it you know <laughs> like yeah, it's so fun exactly. like i just wanted to see my favorite actresses in one movie together and I was it was just so exciting to be like oh my god they're all in a movie they're not forced to be the one star surrounded mm -hmm. by like other people who aren't ladies you know aren't yeah. like funny ladies like headliners at the top of their game like it's like a dream team you know mm -hmm. and like that director hasn't steered me wrong you know like he he's done some amazing he's done Bridesmaids and The Heat and Spy and mm -hmm. I just I trust him and so it was just like I think this is just going to be a funny movie and like yeah it's kind of a bummer that they have that this is the era in which we have to just remake old movies so mm -hmm. so they're because they're worried about box office and that but that's what every franchise is like that's yep. independence day was just you know a, a shameless <laughs> cash grab this one was at least a cash grab with heart and yeah. with with a new take on it like a new interesting modern take on it you know mm -hmm. like that's what we've been talking about time and time again with our love of the idea of like rebooting or, or coming up with these sequels that we come up with mm -hmm. is because we ha we like to think that we have a different take on it you know that we yeah. have a, a something that they missed the first time around you know that they could really that could really add something to it and is worth saying and is worth you know making otherwise it's independence day resurgence you know exactly and and even Finding Dory was, you know, another, mm -hmm. we're going back to the same well. But they, they did it again. They took something that they knew worked in the first one and built a, built on that. Rather mm -hmm. than, like, Independence Day, they knew the speech worked, right? Right. <laughs> so, so they went back to that well. It's like, <laughs> yeah. So, so let's talk about how Ghostbusters did because there is a lot of sort of weirdly worded headlines mm -hmm. going around about how it's, flopped and it did not flop. okay it, yeah see that's the thing i feel like if this i had a phone conversation with my parents the other day mm -hmm. and my dad says well we've decided we're not going to see ghostbusters because it got panned <laughs> and that's just blatantly untrue like right. on rotten tomatoes it has 76 percent. i think metacritic is you know somewhere around there as well like yeah. it has been the majority of reviewers has overwhelmingly enjoyed it and you know what a movie that got panned was? Aloha. <laughs> you know what else got panned? Gods of Egypt. Independence Day you know Resurgence. Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> those are pans. Yeah. Like, yeah, those are movies that got panned. Like, this movie is the opposite of that. <laughs> it did not get panned. And then he mentioned that he read a review in the San Francisco Chronicle, mm -hmm. and I looked that review up online just now, and it was a positive review um <laughs> but he really enjoyed the movie and so it was it's just sort of weird that i think i think if you just skim the headlines where it says uh internet trolls are vitriolic in their hate towards this movie that they haven't seen yet mm -hmm. if you read that and equate that with critics have panned this movie then mm -hmm. you're making a huge mistake yes. um because Two very different yeah things. because just like the moment this was announced there was this backlash that is absolutely baffling to yeah. me. Like, yeah. it's just this reminder that, like, sexism is so far from being in our rear view window. You know, we are in the thick of it. <laughs> okay, it's a rear view mirror. <laughs> Not a rear view window. I was There's a movie called Rear about, Window. Yeah, Hitchcock. Oh, <laughs> um. <laughs> So thank you for calling me out on that really yep, uh, egregious sorry, I mistake I just made. 
Oh my god. Yeah. But Ooh, like anyway. but the 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 response to a movie that hadn't even like the script hadn't even been written at that point. Yeah. It was just like like get a life people. <laughs> like, yeah. Again, like the original Ghostbusters still exists. The three sequels that happened afterwards, like Great point. They the still animated exist. TV show they made yeah. after that. <laughs> like the idea that it's like ruining your childhood in any way is like first of all you must have had an amazing childhood congrats on that no problems there you know (laughs) like that that, this ruins it and like grow a backbone like what like just don't see it if you're not interested in four hilarious women kicking ass like if that's not for you Mm -hmm. that's not for you like don't send death threats don't send rape threats don't go like don't the racist shit that has been spewed at Leslie Jones this week. Yeah, we definitely got to talk about that. It's just, it's horrific. Yeah. So I want to talk about the positives first, because we are going to, I think we should circle back to Leslie Jones, uh-huh. but I want to, just to put a positive spin for your dad, who sometimes listens <laughs> to this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Ghostbusters did $46 million on its opening weekend. Mm-hmm. It was the biggest live action comedy debut since Pitch Perfect 2. It's the third biggest live-action opening of the summer behind X-Men Apocalypse and Captain America Civil War. Wow. Which is pretty amazing. Because yeah. those two movies are, like, huge, huge, huge blockbusters. And also, like, I don't know, franchises. So, yeah. <laughs> um, it's the second biggest live-action non-superhero opening of 2016 behind The Jungle Book. Mm. And the biggest opening weekend for Paul Fee Feig? Feig. Paul Feig, who directed it, Katie Dippold, who wrote it, and then Melissa McCarthy, Leslie Jones, Melissa McCarthy, wait, I said her. <laughs> <laughs> Kate McKinnon, Cecily Strong, and Andy Garcia. And it's Kristen Wiig's second biggest, because she was in The Martian for five minutes, if you remember That's that. That's right, she was. <laughs> so, there are a lot of great things that this movie has, like, brought, I mean, the audience was 57% female, yeah. which is a great percentage, because usually it's, like, for some reason in the 30s or 40s. Weird. Women don't go to movies when there aren't women in them? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, when women are portrayed as shallow stereotypes, women aren't interested? Huh. Oh, my God. So weird. So weird. I don't know why. <laughs> I can't imagine what the connection is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but that's amazing. And, like, what's so much more important is that all of these little girls growing up now can see themselves as mm-hmm. fun action stars. Ugh, you know, like... It. And it's a, it's a PG-13 comedy. We've talked about this before, is how it feels so rare now that there is this PG-13 comedy. Yes. You know? Like, a comedy that has a little bit of bite to it, but you can still bring your kids to. Like, yep. this, it, this was perfect. It wasn't this hard R that it could have been, you mm-hmm. know? And it wasn't this PG, like, fluff fest either. It was like, it, I just miss these movie, these kinds of movies, you know? Just, like, mm-hmm. fun, funny movies. I saw it at the movie tavern. And sitting next to me were two parents and their boy and girl, probably about eight and ten, mm-hmm. seeing the movie. And they, at the end of the movie, were the two kids were dancing. Like, <laughs> when, when the credits were rolling, Chris yeah. Hemsworth was doing his dance in the back of the credits. Yeah. Those kids were out of their seats immediately, just having so much fun. And, mm-hmm. the, like, I could hear them laughing the whole time the yeah. whole movie was going on. And it was... Like, music to my ears. Because I was just like, when was the last time I went to a movie and heard, like, little kids enjoying it and and thought to myself, oh my god, all these little girls are going to dress up like the these Ghostbusters for Halloween. It was just, like, mm-hmm. the most pleasant feeling. It made me feel so warm inside, and I just, like, never wanted it to end. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it was so lovely. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so, okay, let's go back to Leslie Jones and Twitter in, yeah. in case, because we're, we're both Twitterites now, oh, and yeah. if, if that's what it's called, and I've, I'm actually really dependent on Twitter now, I have to say. Really? It's, it's really bad. I get all my news from Twitter. <laughs> I gotta take a step back. But <laughs> I mean, I, I have been enjoying my involvement in Twitter. I, yeah. I, just the, I have been finding more articles that I wouldn't normally be reading, and I think that's been very nice mm-hmm. to have access to those. Yeah, and I also, I feel like I, besides the articles and stuff, but I also get, like, a lot of feedback from 
people, comedians that I enjoy mm-hmm. commenting on things that are happening. So, like, you know, people talking about whatever's in the news. Like, Cameron Esposito had some great stuff after the RNC um, mm-hmm. started. And, and, you know, like, there's always there's always people out there shouting into the void, but it's nice yeah. to finally see it as it's happening rather than when I used <laughs> to see it on Tumblr like three weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a screenshot of it. Yeah. So that's nice. But what's not nice then is the whole huge, horrible, like racist tirade that Leslie Jones had to put up with this week. And yeah. it was the first time since I've been on Twitter for the, I've been on Twitter for like five months now or something. And it's the first time since I've joined where I felt like I, this is a terrible place mm. because what was happening was from what I gathered, there was somebody impersonating Leslie Jones on yeah. Twitter. So somebody had a very similar handle to her and was just pretending to be her. And while doing that being horribly racist, horribly sexist and very 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 violent and aggressive Mm -hmm. and so her reaction was instead of blocking this person or these people as it turned out to be many many people that were sort of jumped on board instead of blocking them like most famous people do she just started retweeting them and then trying to get the people from twitter support into the conversation saying please cancel all these people's accounts yeah get these people off of your website Mm -hmm. and it was just radio silence from Twitter right. on the other end. And it was just so demoralizing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> after, after seeing Ghostbusters and feeling validated, in my opinion, all those months ago, yeah. saying, they are allowed to make this movie, mm-hmm. step off. <laughs> and then for it to all get set back again by like just dumb, horrible, yeah. mean people. With it, such hate. It's oh just my God. so hard to wrap your mind around, too. It's so hard to understand how people could say such things as a response to something so trivial and so dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, to, to, to them, like, it, it's the same thing where, with Gamergate, where it was like, a girl was, like, shining a feminist perspective on certain video games, and she was the subject of death threats. And mm-hmm. bomb threat, like, to the point where they had, to, like, multiple female uh, gamers had to, like, abandon their homes because mm-hmm. they were th- so threatened. And it was just like, why? I, I can't wrap my head around what would make someone so angry and to mm-hmm. say such things in response to something so trivial that has no direct impact on your life whatsoever and and the, the the what you're putting out there is so harmful. It's just it yeah. it's baffling and I'm a forensic psychologist or whatever. Like I should have some insight into this. I should understand this insecure masculinity or whatever, but it's just doesn't it's so stupid. Yeah. I I know this is very much jumping the gun, but I have a recommendation for you and for all of our listeners because mm-hmm. this is very much a part of this conversation. I just finished reading this book called So You've Been Publicly Shamed. It's mm. by John John Ronson, who did a really well-known TED Talk a couple years ago, maybe two years ago now, in which he talks about some of the stuff that's in this book. He was writing the book at the time, which is why he did the TED Talk. And he basically follows a couple different people who have had their lives destroyed by Twitter mm-hmm. and in other other ways too, but mainly Twitter. And so he follows one girl who posted a picture on Facebook that got, like, completely taken out of context and had, she had so, she lost her job, she lost her life, Mm. like, all all of this, her livelihood, all gone. Another girl who tweeted on a plane, right before she got on a plane, and by the time she landed, she lost her job. Yeah, she lost her job, she lost, like, everything. And so he follows all, he tells you the whole story about what happened and then he tells you about the aftermath of what happens and it's basically he just sort of shines a light on people always say like oh the world forgot about it like you know all these people just go back to be living their normal lives Mm -hmm. It's, it's completely false they are completely changed like everybody in their community remembers and they remember so they have a form of ptsd from this public shaming and there's a reason we outlawed public shamings <laughs> in actual real reality yeah. you know because they're really harmful to society and so 
I really think this book has a very interesting perspective on what Leslie Jones had to go through this week. Didn't have to go through. Was Mm -hmm. unfortunately made to go through this week. Yeah. Because she, just by existing and being in a movie, doing her job. Yeah. She had had to become the cover girl for this, you know, movement of Mm -hmm. women get harassed online. And one of the takeaways from the book is when women are threatened, they are threatened with rape and murder. When men are threatened, even on Twitter and stuff like that, they are threatened with the loss of their job. Mm -hmm. And that is the worst that men ever see online. Yeah. So, so there's this interesting parallel where he, he profiles in his book, some men as well. And their experiences while also horribly damaging are very different. Yeah. And I just, I want, I want every single person to read that book because it changed my opinion on, you know, jumping on the bandwagon with stuff. Like, I, I'm not somebody that does that on Twitter anyway. Like, right. I, I very rarely tweet myself. I just, yeah. you know, I do a lot of tweeting about Law & Order and whatever <laughs> I'm watching on TV. But, and retweeting other things. But to see it from this perspective, for, just take one step back and look yeah. at it. And, and just think, like, who are the people... Mm that are sitting on the other side of the, those computers mm-hmm. tweeting at Leslie Jones and what has gone so wrong for them in their lives yeah. that this is how they spend their time. And how were they taught that this was acceptable behavior to send messages like that to people? It's just, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And it's so true, the difference between how men and women are threatened online. And it's so mm-hmm. emblematic of our culture that treats women as these objects to be harmed you know and it's reflected in so many different ways but we've so many that we've talked about for this last year and a half you know where we're talking about game of thrones and how it treats its women and you know and i just you can't say that that has no impact on society and that that isn't a part of it and that isn't a reflection and you know acting on society as well you know it's Mm -hmm. how we collectively decide to treat women needs to change and it's just it's just it's baffling it's baffling it really mm-hmm. it just horrifies me yeah me too I, it's and the other the other problem is leslie jones was my favorite character in ghostbusters and i was so pumped to see more of her yeah like immediately after that movie because i was like she was great she every scene she was in i was like she's the standout because i went in hearing people say kate mckinnon was the standout and I, I did love Kate McKinnon, yeah. but Leslie she Jones... She stole it a bit for me. She she was great, but Leslie Jones for me was so amazing. And I have never seen her in anything else except for there's a car commercial on right now that she's in. And we love that car commercial. <laughs> so I was like, that I was already ready for her, you know? And so this weekend we were watching the Sunday Fun fun day games on abc and she was one of the panelists on the match game and she was amazing on the match <laughs> game and i was like where has she been all my life yeah. i want to go back through all the snl that she was in and just binge watch yeah. it so well i I'm, mean I'm gonna it's gonna not gonna that. take you very long i think she's only been a cast member on snl for maybe a year or two Okay, perfect. Um, great. So, and it's great, especially when she's on Weekend Update. It's fantastic. Where it's just her oh. talking about like needing to get a date and stuff, and then hitting on <laughs> Colin Joe's. Like, she's fantastic. And I, I, I'm gonna go look up her stand up now because I haven't seen any of it, and I'd love to see it. Oh, great. But yes, yeah. If, I, if you I would have loved on. to see the characters fleshed out a little bit more. Like, that's why we need a sequel. Yeah. So that we could delve into these character psyches a little bit more and spend a little less time I mean as fun as busting ghosts is you know me I'm obsessed with character development yes and heists yeah <laughs> so true uh yeah yeah okay so the other thing that my family was talking about was something I saw on tumblr I'm gonna read a little bit of it right now because okay. I want to I want to discuss it with you as well and maybe ask for listener suggestions. <laughs> if our listeners ever talk to us. <laughs> Please talk to us. No. So this was, I saw it on um, Tumblr from a user called Gavin Belsons. And so it was, the the 
the little thing on Tumblr goes, the other day I saw a tweet by some man that was like, so what if men just started remaking all the iconic oh, yeah. female comedies with all male casts? And legit my first thought was, uh, yeah, sure, go ahead. And then I thought a little harder, and, like, there are a few, but you couldn't realistically do that? <laughs> because here's the thing. Historically, com- comedies with majority female casts have been about characters in specifically gendered situations, or have only worked plot-wise because of gender roles. Like 9 to 5, The First Wives Club, Clueless, Legally Blonde, Mean Girls, Bridesmaids. Like, sure, you could make all-male versions of those, but they're going to be bear almost zero resemblance to the original story. So, mm-hmm. I watched The First Wives Club today. <laughs> I came home from work, and it was on Logo. Logo has this series that they do, I forget what it's called. It's like Cocktails and something. Cocktails and Movies? Something like that. But it's on in the afternoons, and they have, like, Michael Urey and Shangela from RuPaul's Drag Race and some other people, a serious XM radio host. And, uh-oh. <laughs> Sorry, I just got a secret u.s weekly magazine slid under my door (laughs) the the headline is a ring for taylor and it's taylor swift and tom hiddleston on the cover oh (laughs) my god (laughs) apparently instagram deleted negative comments from i know her anyway but let's stay on topic you were talking (laughs) about first wives club i watched the first wives club okay so the the first wives club is if not one of definitely my favorite movie of all time wow <laughs> it is so good i definitely have recommended it to you before. I've, I've watched it okay you've watched it yeah oh my god we we had to wait to start dinner until the end of the movie <laughs> <laughs> it is such a, a lovely movie it's so great it needs to be a broadway musical but anyway <laughs> so i was thinking about this tumblr thing when i was watching the movie a little bit because i was like they're 1000 percent right this could not be an all-male cast. It's not yeah. the same. And 9 to 5 is exactly the same way. And all the other ones they mentioned, the same. And yeah. I was thinking, like... So I posed the question at dinner, because we were sort of talking about it in the first Wives Club. It was like, what movies out there that haven't been remade, which is already a little list. <laughs> yeah. It's not many. Right. Um, what movies do we want to be remade with all women? Because it's not really something I want. Like... Mm. I I underst- I love it. I loved seeing all women in the cast of Ghostbusters. Yeah. But it's not like I'm making a list now saying now remake Indiana Jones yeah. with all women. Like it's really just now make movies where fifty percent of the cast at least is a woman. You know, and that yeah. those cat those characters are fully fleshed out human beings. Like yeah, that's all we really want. Like, but this is nice. Like it's making up for. It, like decades of of male fronted movies you know mm-hmm. where there's maybe one woman you know so it's like we could you you could make hundreds of thousands of only female movies and you would like just balance the scales you know <laughs> yeah that's pretty true yeah we read through the list of the AFI top 100 and the IMDb top 100 mm-hmm. movies and almost all of them I was like I don't need a sequel or a remake of any of these. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like the AFI ones especially were all classics that are of their time. You know, like we don't need to see Citizen Kane again. Yeah. We don't need to see The Godfather remade. That's like, the thing. They... Like, if The Godfather was remade with an all-female cast, maybe I'd be interested in seeing it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no interest in seeing The Godfather. And, yeah, I know that's a crazy statement or whatever because it's one of yeah. the greatest movies of all time. But, like... Who gives a fuck? <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, there, you're so right. There are so many classic, quote-unquote, classic movies that mm-hmm. I've never seen. And it's because I, like, honestly, don't see myself reflected in it. They're so old school now that yeah. it's like, why bother? Or you're just like, well, I could watch that or I could just go watch First Wives Club again. Yeah, or I could watch A League of Their Own. You know, yes. I could watch Thelma oh. and Louise. I can watch Fried Green Tomatoes. They have like... been showing A League of Their Own so many times this <laughs> month, and I have yet to see it. I'm, it's on almost once a week, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I've got to catch it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's um, great. Okay, well, the only one that I we came up with at dinner was... What was it? The one about the pilots. It's very gay. <laughs> the one about the pilots. 
Not Air Force One. <laughs> pilots. No. They're not astronauts. No, they're pilots. Pilots? Uh, oh it's with Tom God. Cruise. It's the one with Tom Cruise. <laughs> it, it, what era, at least, it doesn't the take 80s. place. Archer did a send up to it. Oh, Top Gun. Top Gun. Okay. <laughs> okay, I definitely what know a fun some game of our listeners were yelling at us right there. <laughs> Top Gun. Top Gun could be made with all women. It could be very lesbian. That'd be fun. Right? I would I would watch that. Yeah, and it'd just be like all all women recruits or whatever. And yeah, then it because would turn into a sobering are... realization that so many women in the military are raped oh, by their God. counterparts. Uh-huh. Oh my god. <laughs> Way to bring us down. <laughs> so sorry. Everyone should see The Invisible War on Netflix. It's an amazing mm-hmm. documentary and it'll make you yes. sob. Um. Well, that was the only one we came up with. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. The I'm sure one... if I sat with it for a bit, I could come up with something. Yeah, the other one on the list, which is already on the list, is the all-women remake of Ocean's Eleven. Oh! With, with Sandra Bullock. Yes! Okay. <laughs> okay that's the greatest thing i've ever heard in my life that's actually real that's happening yeah okay everything's fine everything's gonna be fine like (laughs) sure like trump looks like he's he might become president but like all female oceans 11 i guess please thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) like the world can't be that bad if that's really happening that's amazing yeah are you kidding me shannon I'm not kidding. You've you. like made my night. Yes. Oh, oh my, my god. god. I'm so happy I could share this. Piece I mean, with you me. know how much I love a good heist movie. Yes. Oh my god. Oh, now who's gonna be in it? Oh, like oh. just cast everybody. There's 11 <laughs> people. It's so great. <laughs> Should we pick our dream team right now? Oh, this is gonna be so hard though because okay. I can't really remember all of the characters on Ocean Eleven. Okay. Well, we can pick. Wait, I. I think between the two of us, we can remember almost all of them. Okay, you got your George Clooney. So George Clooney is Sandra Bullock. Perfect. Love Brad it. Pitt. Brad Pitt. Who is the Brad Pitt to... I mean, I feel like it should be Melissa McCarthy because we already know her and Sandra Bullock are so great together. Right, sure. She's in there. I, I want Kate McKinnon to be in there so bad. Because I, I want her to be in every movie. Like, I just want to say I was on... I don't want to be that hipster, but... I was I proposed marriage to Kate McKinnon in high school. Wait, <laughs> it was the what? only to this day the only internet comment I've ever left, and it was she used to have this web series on After Ellen with <laughs> her Julie Goldman from Big Gay Sketch Show, and they used to have this web series where it was Julie Goldman interviewing people and Kate McKinnon just sat in the back in a chair typing on her laptop the whole time like never said a word it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen I wrote like a comment where I was like Kate will you marry me (laughs) (laughs) and what did she say nothing oh (laughs) damn it okay yeah Um, okay so anyway so she's gotta be in there she could be the bomb expert remember oh yeah great okay I love it so then then we gotta have some there's Matt Damon. Yeah. He's in that too. Like, wow. Yeah. Who Matt Damon is like movie? the young ingenue. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like Alison Brie. Alison Brie. That's a great one. Alison Brie. Okay. I also want Okay, there's Saul. Do you remember Saul is the old man that finances them? Yeah. That is definitely going to be Helen Mirren or Alfred Woodard. Ooh. I'm leaning towards Alfred Woodard because yeah. I haven't seen her in a lot recent, a lot of stuff recently. And Helen Mirren has Fast Eight on lock, right? So she'll she's be busy. busy. And plus, Let's... I like the idea of it being an American. Oh, good point. Okay, Alfred Woodard it is. Yeah. Okay. And... Um, there was someone who was like an acrobat. Who oh yes. Fit into small spaces. Um, Maggie Q, maybe. <gasps> perfect. Oh my she's god. So tiny. Maggie Q. Okay, perfect. And then, uh, wait, do we, okay, wait, and then there were two brothers, so yeah. we need two s- sisters. Do we want to get, like, ooh. Mm. I was going to say, do we want to get, like, Kristen Stewart up in here? Mm. That's the question, though. Is she a good actress? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, and I've seen, like, half a dozen movies where she's the star. <laughs> I still don't know. <laughs> well, you could add one more to the list, and you could watch it and see if she's good. Yeah. Um, uh, who would be her sibling? It's really, uh, I just really want, like, 
all four of the girls from Wild Horses, the improv troupe, I want them Laura to be Hopkins. in there. Yeah. I would like... I know this is going to sound insane because there's no child in the, in the first <laughs> one, but I would love... Quaventine Wallace to be in it. Oh my god, yeah. She's getting older now and I feel like she could be like the young mm-hmm. she could be the younger sister of somebody if we had like Amanda Stenberg and Quaventine Wallace. Oh, I love it. They're like child prodigies. Yes? Yeah. Okay. They mm-hmm. could be the brother-sister combo. Mm-hmm. Or the sister-sister combo. Can um, we repeat Chris Hemsworth as the eye candy and have yes. him fill Julia Roberts' role? <laughs> yes. Can he? Okay. Can that just be his role in life from now on? From now on, is just to okay. be the eye candy replacement for a lady in I every mean, movie. That's basically what he is for me in Thor, anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, oh, I love that those movies know that too. Like that last yeah. movie where it was just like a slow shot of his butt. Because <laughs> he like put on a pair of jeans or something. No, that was the first movie he put on a pair of jeans. But oh my yeah. God. Um. Yep. Oh, now I want to watch Thor. Did oh you see God. that Ricky Whittle put on more muscles? <laughs> I heard that. I did not see it yet. I I'm saw a go. photo. It was like a before and after photo, and it was like, I didn't Damn. know you could be more jacked. <laughs> it's kind of horrifying. Like when Wolverine uh. got too jacked. And you're like, mm-hmm. relax, there's way too many veins that I can mm. see, you know? Yes. You also, you're starting to look 50, and you <laughs> shouldn't be that jacked at 50. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, is a, there is an age limit, for sure. I yeah. feel, what, did we miss some, I feel like we might have missed some. Oh, yeah, there's 11. How oh, are we going to remember them? There's the cyber guy who sweated a lot. Um, mm, can't remember that now. Ooh. Cyber ooh. hacker. He just stayed in the hotel the whole time, basically. Okay. And who's the villain? Because it was... Was it Andy Garcia? Andy Garcia, I think it was. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, so we need a lady villain as well. Yeah. A tycoon. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Isn't... This is really good radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's Maybe. amazing how, like, the entirety of Hollywood just disappears from your mind as soon as you have to start thinking about fantasy casting. It's true. You know what? And here's the other thing. A lot of fantasy casting is very... uh, (laughs) I want to say white? Yeah. (laughs) So, basically on Tumblr, when everybody fan casts the Marauders and I don't know what other people fan cast stuff, it's it's always like... Okay. (laughs) Well, it's so often based on, like, what you just had seen recently. True. That's why we're casting all the Ghostbusters. (laughs) Yeah. Because you're like, well, I can immediately think of them. Yeah. But give us some time. We might come back next week with a full ca- like cast list from both of us. I do want Ellen DeGeneres to be in it. <gasps> yes. Oh, she needs to be in more movies. Yep. <laughs> she really does. That'd be it's amazing. So I can't see your face anymore. Oh, there you are. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a pop-up from Gmail. Sorry. Oh. Um... Well, anyway, okay, so right. we have we have months and months to wait until our next all female reboot, and mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah. And listeners, if you have any ideas for who should be in this movie, <laughs> come talk to us. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I fan casted Jeopardy the other day, and I got some likes on Twitter. Wait, what? I <laughs> sorry, I made I was... that face. <laughs> I was watching. <laughs> I was watching Jeopardy with my family. And I was like, you know sure. who would be a great replacement for Alex Trebek when he eventually dies? Because yes, he's never going to retire. Never going to leave the show. Anderson Cooper. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm also super in love with Anderson Cooper. So right. biased. Very Again, biased. Showing, showing that you, you are a biased person. I feel like Anderson Cooper would be into that. He'd be he'd up be, for it. That'd be so great, right? Yeah. Like he'd, he'd know everything he's talking about. He's mm-hmm. very smart. And it wouldn't be political, and he could just sort of sit back and just read all those questions. Yeah. I wonder how long it would take him to have that, like, condescending tone that Alice Trebek has. Hopefully never, because (laughs) Anderson Cooper is an angel. I wonder (laughs) if you just develop it over time, because you have to to give people the answers every few minutes. Listen to people be wrong a lot, maybe. Yeah, and you just sort of, like... You forget that you read that off a card and that you didn't already know that. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I can see that yeah. happening to people. Yeah. I, I, get, I 
I guess you're right. Maybe I should stop <laughs> judging Alex Trebek so harshly. He's been doing this for a long time. He has. He's a, he's heard some really dumb answers. <laughs> anyway, okay, do you have any recommendations for me? Oh, shoot. This was a surprise recording that we did. It was. So, I'm sorry. Um, I already... It's because of Star Trek. <laughs> um, I, did I, I don't think I formally recommended The Last Ship to you. No. Okay, I'm not going to. <laughs> okay. I was catching up. I I was behind three episodes, so I caught up and I watched them all today. And as I was watching it, I had this thought to myself, oh, this is kind of garbage. <laughs> this is a really dumb TV show. Mm. And I think I'm going to stop watching it, but I don't know. I, like, breezed through those first two seasons, like, just kept... Wow. I, there's, there's been two seasons? Yeah. Season three? World? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I was really, I think I was just trying to get to season three, because that's where Bridget Regan and Deacon Lockman come in. And I was just trying to get to them, and they can't save it because they forced Bridget Regan to have this romance with the main guy who has no lips. It's McSteamy <laughs> from Grey's oh, Anatomy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you didn't realize it on Grey's Anatomy because it was a, such a huge cast, but he's not a good actor. <laughs> Oh, no. And so he's leading this show, and he doesn't really have the chops for it. I want to tell you, I did know that a little bit, because (laughs) one of my go-to movies is Valentine's Day, which he's in. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Where he plays a gay footballer, and he's not allowed to kiss Bradley Cooper. (laughs) I'm still cut up about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, I guess, I don't know. It's like a non-recommendation. Yeah. I've I read all of Elle magazine that you gave me. Oh. That was fantastic. Anyway. So people who are interested in that, um, it's actually, I, I like all the little article, the article interviews with the four ladies. Mm-hmm. And I was really disappointed that they had this whole photo spread with all of these great women in comedy. And then it just had like a sentence about each one. And yeah. then I turned the page expecting like a whole article about them yeah. and I had to flip through so much fashion and makeup <laughs> that I I just didn't yeah but I guess I think that's like the first Elle magazine I've ever read yeah so it's that no was, glamour which I that love. was this month's uh Elle magazine which is all mm-hmm. about women in comedy yeah and there are four different cover covers and it's each of the lead actresses from Ghostbusters mm-hmm. And I got you the Kate McKinnon one. Yes, you did. And I want to put it on my wall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, well, my recommendation for you is, besides that book, I guess it is that book. Yeah. I I have a question and a recommendation. Okay. My question is, can I stop watching Killjoys? Oh, no. I was literally just thinking, like... I just watched two episodes of Killjoys just oh. just now. I paused one so to record this. Oh no! And I was okay, like, well, I love this show. It's great. It's, it's not, not for be- you. No, it's not because I don't want to watch it. It's because I do not have time to watch it. Oh, too busy watching, watching Jeopardy. Jeopardy and Family Feud is all I watch now. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> horrifying the amount of game shows that you're watching. <laughs> that and Big Brother. That's your summer viewing. Yeah, that is, I, I mean summer. Summer is definitely Big Brother time, so... Because I'm, like, scrambling to find things. Like, this summer is so sad in terms of what yeah. to watch, and Killjoys is this bright spot for me. Okay, well, but... then I will not stop Killjoys. <laughs> no, but it's also not one of those things where it's like, we need to be having a conversation about it, and I need you to be watching it. Like, if you're... If you don't feel like it's worth your time, hmm. you don't have to watch it. I, I think it's very enjoyable, and I have a feeling that if Julie watched it, she would love it, and I think my... Hmm. I don't know how much my parents would love it, but it's Space Bounty Hunters, and it's fun, yeah, and it's entertaining. It fun. And I just, I was thinking about it today when I was watching it, I was thinking, so many shows have forgot that they have to be entertaining, <laughs> you uh, know? So many of point. them are like, we're going to be dark meditations on this thing, and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, but at least be compelling and interesting to watch. Like, <laughs> this one maybe isn't, like, huge social commentary or whatever, and it's not, you know, dreadful, but it's fun, it's entertaining, it's it's a joy to watch I don't know at least I think yeah. so okay well I will continue because I do <laughs> I do enjoy it and I do need a, a thing to entertain honestly yeah there's so much stuff that's not I mean the <laughs> fact that you are relying on Family Feud and Jeopardy is a sad indictment of <laughs> excuse me Family Feud is so entertaining <laughs> well yeah like it is really entertaining but like the fact that there's no scripted show that's really trumping that you know oh yeah that's, that's a good point. taking its place yeah. yeah summer is really weird 
Yeah. I feel like it's the summers of old, you know? Like, when there wasn't TV in the summers. Yeah. It's, that's, that's what the summer feels like. And it's, you know what it is? It's because of the Olympics and the, and the, the election. election. Yeah. Everybody's just like, eh, we'll wait. Did you see <laughs> Colbert did his, his old character and he did, did the word? Not. I did not. It was so nice. I watched it and I was like, oh, I miss this so much. I miss oh, him my. having an opinion. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I miss him being like incisive and cutting. And yeah. it was, it was he really, really nice. Did mess up there didn't he yeah yeah and they had okay. he had a really great bit with john stewart beforehand so that's like two youtube clips i would look up as okay like the latest nice. clips from his his channel another recommendation for me oh my yeah. gosh yeah okay. see you thought you didn't have any and you have mm-hmm. so many turns well, out some good stuff i just want to repeat the name of that book again it's um so you've been publicly shamed and it's by john ronson okay j-o-n I just thought of another recommendation. Oh, save it for next time, Becca. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Write it down. Does Zach have anything for us this week? Oh, crap. I was supposed to put that. You surprised me with this recording. I, I wasn't it, ready. I will. I'm going to apologize right now to Zach because tomorrow's my dad's birthday, and I was like, oh, I won't be able to call Becca tomorrow. And then the next day, we're going to the 7 p.m. premiere of Star Trek as a big family. And so I won't be able to do it then. And then I'm going on a road trip to Vermont. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so, so it yeah, it's also my bad because you did give me a couple hours warning. Uh, and uh, I, I forgot that I have that on my phone. I need to put it on my computer to play it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, but, well. Well, next time, Zach. Actually, I have no idea how to do that because I have headphones plugged in. So I can't play it out of my computer. So there'll always be a mystery from now on. Yeah. I don't know how they can keep happening unless I buy like a recorder. <laughs> what if I do Should I buy laugh? a tape recorder? I'll do a laugh track and you add it in. Ha 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 ha. Okay. <laughs> oh god. That's the thing. Okay, Zach, is it okay if we play your it's so weird if we if nobody laughs at his puns. We can't just like play them at the end of the episode. It is weird. Well, we'll figure out a solution to this. We'll brainstorm. <laughs> we'll figure this out. But there probably won't be a pun this week. Stay tuned. <laughs> hey, Rebecca. It's Zach. And sadly, I don't have a business idea this week. But I just wanted to let you and Shannon know that I love you both very much. And you two are literally the best. Talk to you later. Oh, and see you next week. Bye.